Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's new and what's next in e-commerce. Today, we're actually talking about writing great copy, great sales copy for your product detail pages, your email campaigns. And I think this is so important, even as we look at cutting edge technology and automation and all the cool stuff you can do now in e-commerce, good copy is still a foundation of everything you do in terms of marketing. And really having the greatest personalization mechanisms or the greatest email automation really doesn't matter if you don't have good copy and if you can't differentiate and if you can't tell a story and show why your brand is different. So my guest today is Julie Boswell. And for four years, she was the director of marketing for Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer, two names that many of you are familiar with. And she helped run the Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle, was in charge of filling uh, their two major events, uh, the Super Conference and Info Summit. Awesome events. I actually attended those several times back in the day. Uh, and now Julie runs a consulting business that she co-founded called askacopyexpert.com. And so in this interview, we talk about what makes for great copy, copy mistakes to avoid. We talk about some, some e-commerce companies that do this well that you can pay attention to and, and learn from. And so I think this is a critically important topic and one that can make you a lot of money. So with that, please enjoy my interview with Julie Boswell. Well, my guest today is Julie Boswell of Rebel Enterprises, and we are talking about copywriting and creating copy that sells. I'm so excited to dive in. So Julie, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, really excited. This is one of my favorite topics, so I don't know how much of this I told you in the beginning when we were kind of talking uh, prior to recording, but I, I'm a bit of a copy nerd. Um, there was a period of time when I thought I wanted to be a, a copywriter, um, realized that there were some other things that I maybe do better, but I, I took a copywriting course. I read all kinds of copy books. We can maybe geek out in a minute about some of uh, your favorite copywriting books. Uh, but anyway, I would love to hear how did you get into copywriting? And, and then if you would, I, I know you worked close with Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer, which I know a lot of our listeners will know. Uh, if you don't know them, Dan Kennedy's a well-published author, speaker, really well-known in the direct response world. He's a, he's a marketing genius, in my opinion. So, so how'd you get into this world? Well, I did not know that about you, the copy geek part. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, so I, gosh, I just, uh, I'll be honest. I lucked into it. I have like the, one of the most enviable, enviable backgrounds as a copywriter. Um, I mean, I guess I could have been a copy mentor to Bill or Dan or John Carlton or, you know, somebody like that. And I sure. was not, but I was the director of marketing at Glazer Kennedy. Um, you know, they put in an ad in a local paper in Baltimore looking for a director of marketing. And I answered that ad and I got that job. Um, I probably was not um, qualified enough for it when I got it. But, um, four years later, I was certainly qualified. So, you know, I feel like I got my master's degree on the job and I was just so fortunate to, 
to have Bill and get that job. And I learned so much about marketing. And I, I th- actually, I think it's really helped me as a copywriter because I don't just know, you know, copy and salesmanship and print. Like I understand the whole beast that is marketing. Um, I'm not a traffic expert or anything like that, but I get what goes into it, you know? Um, so I kind of know the whole picture of what goes into direct mail or what goes into online marketing and funnel building and all of that good stuff. Even though at the end of the day, now I'm a copywriter and that's, that's all that I do. I get the big picture and I got all that education at Glazer Kennedy and I, I just wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. What, what an awesome experience, you know, to work with both Dan and Bill and Bill Glazer, for those that don't know him, he ran Glazer Kennedy for, for quite some time and he owned his own menswear stores in Baltimore. And I, uh, you'd probably know this, uh, I'm sure you do better than I do, but he had, I think two stores and they were two of the top producing like, uh, you know, family owned, uh, menswear stores in the country. Right. I mean, they were, they were very, very successful. And he won awards for, and I think, you know, his father owned those businesses. And then Bill started, uh, he got wind uh, of Dan Kennedy style marketing and, um, and he started doing it for the stores and he did really, really well. And, you know, his, his father was blown away and Bill took over running those stores. And, um, and when I started there, by the way, he still had one of them. And, um, and he also still had an information, um, marketing company that was geared just toward retailers as well. So when I, when I was the director of marketing there, I was, um, doing a lot of the marketing for the stores and then also for those, those retailers as well as for GKIC. And then, you know, within a year, um, those other two businesses went away and it was all just GKIC for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and just for people that don't know, GKC stands for Glazer Kennedy Inner Insider Circle. And I think I was a subscriber of their newsletter for like 10 years or something. I don't know. It was, it was forever. Um, but yeah, Bill Glazer, man, he knew the retail space, especially physical store, retail and, and apparel. And so if you had to kind of describe it quickly, and I guess if you had to be really succinct, you'd just say direct response. But uh, how would you describe this Kennedy style marketing before we dive into the nuts and bolts of copy. Yeah, for sure. It's, it is direct response. So it is all marketing that is geared toward eliciting a very specific response. It's like the opposite of brand awareness kind of stuff. So it's the opposite of a billboard that, um, says, you know, uh, save 15% or more on your car insurance, you know, with that has no URL or, um, or a phone number, that's all brand advertising, you know, direct response is like the opposite. There's a very specific offer. There's a deadline. Uh, there's a, there's a reason to respond right now. And there's a response mechanism. So a phone number, a URL or something like that, that is direct response. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, there, there's some brands, some big companies that have the luxury of investing in brand lift and brand awareness. And I think of those that do that, Geico does a, a pretty good job to save mm-hmm. 15% in 15 minutes or less, it's pretty catchy and they do a good job, but, but it, you're, you're right. There's, there, there's not the URL there. It's just so that when someone is thinking about car insurance, maybe that billboard message will, will pop to their mind and, and they'll give Geico a call or visit online. Uh, but yeah, what, what Kennedy has always taught was, okay, let's create this direct mail piece or this billboard to get it a response right now. And, uh, I think there, there is a big difference there. So uh, I know I know several people who talk about the fact that copywriting is one of the most 
valuable skills that a marketer can possess. And, and, and I think I would gr- agree with that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? And why do you believe copywriting is so valuable? Well, I think it's, um, it's a good question. I think, you know, people argue like, especially if you're really focused on a particular aspect of your business right now, like you're focused on traffic and you feel like once I get this traffic, if I, if I can get my ranking down, then I'll have this licked, you know, um, you get laser focused on a specific thing. Uh, you might like kind of let the other things fall to the wayside, but copywriting, I feel like it's at the core of all that we do as entrepreneurs because copywriting is salesmanship and print and salesmanship is connecting, touching and evoking emotions and ultimately eliciting a desired response and people buy with emotions. So if you want to motivate people to buy your stuff, you need to be able to empathize and speak to how they feel. And you can't just say my stuff is the best. That's not great copywriting. Great copy takes you kind of on a journey and explores the emotions your buyer has. And like even in simple e-commerce situations where there's not long form cop, copy bullets can do a lot of emotional heavy lifting. And I'm a big believer in conversion focused copy. So like after all SEO ranking brings the eyeballs and you're dead in the water without that, but ranking does you no good if all the eyeballs land on your listing or, you know, whatever you're selling and they're not compelled to buy. So it's a soft skill that I believe anyone can, can learn or anyone who can empathize can learn it, you know, and, and it's critical to higher conversion. Yeah. And even if your goal as an e-commerce merchant is not to write your own copy, which I would say for most merchants, you probably shouldn't write your own copy, being able to at least evaluate and say, okay, this is good copy or this is mediocre. This is really bad. Uh, that, that should be a skill that you possess. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, good copy should take you on a journey. You should feel something. You should be moved. You should picture yourself, you know, enjoying the benefits of the product and, and things like that. So let's dive into some specifics here. We want this to be actionable for our listeners. They can walk away with some things they can apply and and use in their business. Uh, What are some of the, the copywriting sins, quote unquote, that you see people making? And this could be in the retail space or, or any area of copywriting, but what are some of the mistakes or sins you see people make when it comes to, to copy? Gotcha. Um, well, it's easy to pick pick apart other people's copies. So, you know, I guess take me with a grain of salt because, you know, we can point out mistakes all day long. But a couple of things I see pretty often is um, failing to internally identify your audience and speak to only those people. When you when you think you're speaking to everyone, you know, your, your message is watered down. You lose impact and people don't connect with what you've written because... You could be talking to, you know, a 60 year old mom who's still working, not retired and her children out of the house. And you could also be talking to an 18 year old boy. I mean, these are just totally different worlds. You know, you you could be all over the map and you really need to know. It's not just demographic information, but you kind of need to know about their life, what they care about, what they're into, you know, know your audience and and decide on them. And I think a lot of your listeners, they probably they've heard that before and they know that. Um, but they still might be a little wishy-washy and this is a common 
common sin, I guess, of a, a lot of marketers, a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, they, they think they know or they think they've kind of decided. But the truth is they're still speaking to a couple of different people at the same time. And it, and it hurts them. And, and, and do you think the reason that merchants do that or that the business owners do that is, is they don't want, they fear being polarizing or they, or they fear being too specific because they, in their heart, they want to sell to everybody? Yeah. I mean, I, and I, it's normal. It's natural. Um, like for instance, I've written a lot of copy in a lot of different industries. If I just point out, you know, these couple of industries that are my favorite, that, that I really, I should be speaking to those people only, you know, we all do it. It It's natural. So I'm not going to say that I'm even above it. Um, but it does hurt if, like the truth is I'm really good at writing for attorneys and, and chiropractors and pro- professional practitioners. Um, but I've also written for e-commerce people and, and I've written for hypnotists, you know, like I've written for real estate gurus, like it all over the place. And I, a lot of times we can all feel like, well, you know, if I just talk about that one thing, um, well, then all the other people who are listening won't hire me or won't buy my stuff. Right. Right. But, but the, you also, you run a bigger risk of if you're so general and so bland, then nobody's, mm-hmm. nobody's going to buy. I, I, I think, I think a good parallel, a good example, and, and, and I enjoy speaking and I'm about to speak at internet retailer in Chicago, uh, next week, or at least, uh, as we're recording this, it'll, it'll be next week. Um, but I think about, you know, as you listen to public speakers, there's a big difference between the people that as they're speaking, you feel like, man, they are talking directly to me, even though they're not, they're talking to this large audience, but they're, but they're saying things in a personal way and a benefit oriented way that I'm, I'm just, I feel like they're talking to me versus someone who just is very general and broad. And it just feels like they're public speaking rather than communicating uh, with you. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think, I think the, there's some parallels between that and, and copy. So, um, also, it's not even just about the emotion. If you think about your experience when you're listening to someone who's doing that, when they're being all brought, you're not listening. No, <laughs> you no, just, you're not listening. You have to, you're fighting, so you're having to fight to listen to what they're saying. I had a, I just had a, a rotary meeting. Um, and I don't know why, uh, I, anyway, but I was at a rotary meeting and, and listened to the, the speaker and they were just reading and it was, you know, just you all and, and, such a great audience. And like, it wasn't even a big group. It felt, it just felt so stiff and stale. But um, anyway, um, what are some other mistakes that you see copywriters making? I got a couple of them. Uh, Another one, and I think I already mentioned this is laser focus on SEO only. And I believe me, I get it, especially in e-commerce, you know, you need to rank, you got to rank. So you put a lot of effort, a lot, dedicate a lot of resources and time and focus and energy on, on your, your ranking. And, um, and so when you do that and, and, and that's all your, your copy is geared toward doing, um, you leave the conversion game sort of up to chance, you know, think like, well, if I bring them there, you know, I've got a good thing. That's all they need. You know, I just need to bring them. And, and it takes much more than that. And actually this is another one of, uh, the mistakes I, I listed in my notes here is that, um, you know, I think inexperienced copywriters tend to underestimate the difficulty of the task. And you have to sort of picture your prospect as this lazy, sloth-like creature sitting on a couch that's so lazy he will barely pick up the remote to change the tv channel and when you picture your prospect this way even if you're selling to a really motivated market um 
like, you know, parents of newborns who just want their newborn to sleep and you sell products that help their newborn sleep or something like that. I mean, that's a motivated market. Absolutely. People are still resistant to change and they're lazy. And so like when I'm writing and when I'm marketing, I am constantly not to talk down to anyone, but I'm a a big believer. And I talk about this a lot in, um, marketing to Homer Simpson. You got (laughs) to assume that he's like, you know, doesn't want to change and feeling a little small minded and a little bit, you don't, you don't want to talk down to him. Of course you want to be respectful to Homer, but you got to tell him exactly what you want him to do. You don't want to make them feel like Homer Simpson, but you want to know deep down they may be as motivated as Homer Simpson when it comes to your product or your service. Yeah. Right. And you want to fully explore their pain and the problem they're having and you fully explore the benefits of their solution. And in doing so, you will touch on a lot of emotions and therefore they'll be primed to buy. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Good. Good. Any, any other mistakes you want to touch on before we move on? Uh, to the next? That's all I wrote. That's, that's perfect. Wrote that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this from the, again, from the e-commerce merchants perspective. So, uh, and also just to touch on one thing you mentioned, you know, I'm a big SEO fan. That's actually how I got started in e-commerce back in 2004 was with SEO. So I'm a huge believer. I see the power in SEO, but you're right. If you don't have copy that sells and moves people, then your SEO efforts are going to be under leverage. So you really have to look at it both ways. How will search engines perceive my product detail page, but also is there enough there to move the prospect? Is there enough with my Amazon listing or my product detail page to make someone want to buy, to answer their questions and, and, and field objections and give them the comfort they need to, to buy? So um, what about the merchant who might argue that it's really all about the pictures and not about the copy? So, mm-hmm. so how would you address that, that comment or that objection? So I think that the pictures are really, really important for grabbing attention, but the copy is really, really important for keeping attention. So, um, so one of the biggest mistakes I think you can make is to leave interpretation up to your prospect. Um, now people have their own minds. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to do what they're going to do, but it's our job, I think, to try to sort of choreograph the sales process. So if you rely solely or mostly on images with little thought or effort into the supporting copy, you're leaving so much up to chance. So like the, the single most read part of any sales piece is the caption. So that right there should tell you that people are just waiting for you to tell them what to think. Like they see an image, uh, they see a grabby image and their eyes gravitate to the caption so that, so you can interpret it for them. Yeah. And I've, I've heard someone say, I can't remember who I heard this from a long time ago that, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, but the, the question is what words? And, mm-hmm. and so you need to help direct that. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. They want you to explain things. They want you to spell it out. You know, sales copy is your chance to really control the sales process. So while the images might grab attention to start with, copy is what keeps it. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. And, and this may be a good time and, and we, we may think of others as we go. But but any anybody that you feel like does that well kind of blends images and sales copy and, and even just one or two. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, looking at some of... Um, some of the e- e-commerce sites that we talked about, I think huffberry.com. I really like the way they're, they're speaking to their market. I like their pictures. I like, um, 
I like their copy. And so, you know, you can see some of these higher end sites are, have really, really good pictures and they, they fall flat on the copy. I thought Huckberry.com did a really good job with copy connecting the dots. You have to like, you know, there's a balance. You have to do both. Um, yeah. And, and just a quick note, and, and I love Huckberry as well. I, I get their emails. I subscribe to their emails primarily just so I can see how they're marketing. And, but I have opened some emails again, purely to study from a marketing standpoint and thought to myself, oh man, I, I kind of like to buy those shoes. Like th- those look awesome. And, and, and they've kind of got me hooked, but I've, I've, I just searched for Huckberry in my email inbox and just looking at a couple of their headlines as an example, a recent one that I got this morning, actually, uh, uh-huh. Jason, Jason Bourne's travel bag, right? So if you're right. into the, the Bourne series, you know, then that may hook you on the travel bag. Uh, one says Tony Stark suitcase, basically, and talks about the suitcase that they're selling or the 96 beer cooler, you know, so how could you not try to figure out how they cram 96 beers into a cooler? Uh, but they do a really good job. They, t- they tell a story. Uh, the pictures are beautiful and they show the product well, uh, but it does take you on that, that emotional journey that you talked about before. They do a very good job of that. So yeah, glad you brought them up. Yeah. And there's actually another one. I, I can't remember if it's Athleta or Title IX, but I, I kind of want to think it's Athleta. Um, and they really do a good job of telling uh, a story with all of their um, with all of their models. They're using like real women athletic models um, to model their apparel and shoes and all their stuff. Um, and and they talk about what her favorite thing to do is and whether or not she's a mother or um, and where she likes to travel and what she does for a living um, while they show her some amazing picture of her surfing in an awesome tankini, you know, and, and it tells a story, not just, you know, they're not just relying on the picture. They're um, they're adding to it. It's kind of compelling. You can relate to um, the people. And I think that's a really interesting strategy. Yeah. Where, where you can look at that and say, I want to be that girl. And when I want to be that surfer mom or whatever the case may be, where well, it's, it's aspirational. I, I'm a, I know a computer programmer. My sister's a computer programmer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the kind of computer program I want to be. I want to be out surfing on the weekends and hiking and, you know, doing yoga and things like that. Right. Um, I'm buying that skirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We were also talking about, and, and I mentioned that uh, Russell Brunson, friend of mine, he was on the, the podcast recently, and we were talking about the Jay Peterman catalog and, and how Seinfeld made fun of it for years, which was, was hilarious. But, uh, you know, they were famous for in their catalog, they wouldn't even show real pictures. It was like these artists rendition of the product, which I still don't fully understand, but it's, it's fascinating. Uh, but you, you pointed out that Duluth trading company does the same thing and they, they have an amazing e-commerce presence. And I I will say their copy is also pretty strong too. I would recommend looking at some of their pages and seeing how they do it, but they, there are some, some instances where they kind of lead with this artist rendition of the product and then really good sales copy kind of does the trick online. They do, they do a lot of pictures as well. Um, but I think that can illustrate that, Hey, if, uh, imagery is important, but man, that copy does sell and, and we can't overlook it or, or downplay it. Yeah. And they're really Duluth really commits all the way. So, you know, it's not just they're writing clever copy. Although it's really clever. It's really interesting. You know, um, it, it's fun to read. They know who their market is. They're, 
I think I'm guessing, I don't know the research, but I'm guessing that they are marketing to working men and women. So yep. um, people in trade industries, people who are outside working, um, you know, my husband sells and installs garage storage systems. So he's in someone's garage right now, laying down a floor and, um, and he's wearing their armachillo underwear yeah. <laughs> or, or their buck naked underwear. They have ballroom jeans, which is just hilarious. It, you know? it really, yeah, it's funny. Right. Yeah. So they commit all the way to it so they can tell all these stories. And if your product will lend itself to that, you know, what a great thing for you to do as well. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, awesome stuff so far, Julie. This is, this is phenomenal. Um, if you had to pick, you know, like two or three nuggets of copywriting brilliance that you would share, uh, with someone with, with an e-commerce merchant, what, what would they be? And I know it's hard to kind of distill things down, but what are, what are two or three of the most important copywriting lessons you could share? Well, um, that is, it is tough to narrow it down, but I think maybe, um, one I like to give is about bullets. Um, and that, that might really be appropriate for your listeners. Since yeah, very much. All e-commerce we have, we have bullets in our product descriptions. Um, when you're writing bullets and hopefully everybody, you know, know remembers the difference between a, a feature and a benefit. So like if you're selling shirts, a, a feature is that it's a hundred percent cotton. The benefit is that it's incredibly soft. And so, um, so when you're writing your bullets, make sure that they are about the benefits. But the way to really, really amp this up is to write the benefit of the benefit, right? So you need to put that simply incredibly soft. So it's perfect for sensitive skin, right? So that's the benefit of the benefit. Um, so as you flesh out your bullets, see if you can do that for every single one, pick a feature. What's the, what's the benefit of that feature and what's the benefit of that benefit and write your bullets that way. So you would write your bullet, like, you know, our shirts are, are made out of hundred percent Egyptian cotton. So they are incredibly soft and perfect for you and your family. If you all have sensitive skin or just really enjoy feeling super comfortable all day long. Right. So you can, you can inject some personality in there. It gives you freedom, um, to, to get more involved and get more emotional when you include the benefit of the benefit. And Bill Glazer, by the way, taught me this and it's called giving your bullets a one, two punch. So the nice. first punch right. is the benefit. The second punch is the benefit of the benefit. Yeah. And that's great. And I think if, you know, going back to our Duluth trading company example and, and, you know, speaking to someone like your husband who's crawling around in a garage and, and laying a floor or putting up garage doors or whatever, saying, you know, the, the ballroom jeans or, or whatever, you know, it gives you the, the freedom. You, you can work all day and never get bunched up and, and not have to adjust or whatever, or, or the material is breathable. So you can work all day long and, and not, not sweat like you normally do. Um, right. so yeah, that, that's great. So the benefit of the benefit, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one I would say is, and this is kind of oversimplified, but hopefully it helps anyway. If you want to amp up your headlines, your product titles, and you don't really have any experience with where to start with, with headlines or titles like that, um, challenge yourself to make a promise with the headline, you know, and, and then remember that I'm over here saying, why should I read your copy? Why should I click this listing? Why you know, and, and your headline um, better make me want to, because you've made a promise. So if you've made a promise, I'm like, Oh, well, let me click that to see what they say about that promise. 
right? And, and what might that look like? So, so a promise of what a promise of a, of a benefit, what, what would mm-hmm. that look like? The most comfortable underwear you've ever worn guaranteed. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, so, um, like it. Some, something like that. I mean, you know, I'm on the spot, but, <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're making a promise with your, um, your description, your title, then you're, um, you're, you're guaranteed to evoke some curiosity, you know? Um, and it's, it's a bold move that gets attention, um, and gets people to read what you've written next. And that's really the point of a headline or a title. That's, that's the sole job there to get them to read what came out, comes after that. So if you can get that job done with your headline, you know, you're in the game. Um, and actually I have a, a tool, if this helps your, your listeners, yeah. you can find it at askacopyexpert.com forward slash generate. Um, that is a, a website that I, that I co-own um, with my business partner. And, and I'll, I'll link to it in the, in the show notes as well. Yeah. What, what was that one more time? askacopyexpert.com forward slash generate. It is a headline generator tool. So it's a PDF download. It'll walk you through creating six powerful headlines for your product. Um, and really, really fast. It's super, super easy to use. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. And, and and to, to get nerdy for a second and talk about, uh, from my copywriting days, one book that I loved and read multiple times, um, John Caples tested advertising methods. Nice. And, and I, I believe he, I, it was either him or Claude Hopkins and, and uh, scientific advertising, my life and my life and advertising. I don't remember which, but one of them said that they had the same ad. And this was back in the days of couponing when they would test different coupons and there was little codes on there. So they would track response, but uh, a headline change. So the rest of the ad remained the same. Only the headline changed, mm-hmm. created like mm-hmm. a 1900% uh, lift in response. I remember reading that when I was kind of first getting into marketing and thinking, okay, this, this is cool stuff. Like copy can really make a difference. Headlines can really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're convert, you know, uh, you could be changing one word in your, in your title, you know, in your headline, um, and, and dramatically improve response for that particular listing. Like I'm, I get, obviously I'm talking about like Amazon listings. Um, but a single word or, you know, some minor phrasing in a headline, um, can make a huge difference in conversion because, you know, again, if you focus on the, I think it's really important when it comes to copy or just marketing in general to know what the function of the element you're working on is. The function of the headline is to get them to read what's next. Or, you know, if you're talking about like a a search um, title listing, you know, you want them to click on that so that they can read the listing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goal, yeah, uh, absolutely. So your title tag that's going to show up in the search results, the goal there is to make them stop and say, ooh, maybe, you know, maybe this is it. And so I'll click and I'll look. It's not, you're not closing the sale right there, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you make make the claim of the best, the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn guaranteed – well, mm-hmm. all you're really trying to get someone to say is, well, let, let me see. Let, let me see if I believe that. Right. They're not going to they're not going to say, oh, you're right. That, that, that they have to be. I'm sure they'll be the best underwear I've ever tried. They won't know that till later. But the, the goal of that headline is to make them say, let, let me see. Let me check it out. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, good. Any other little nuggets or tips you'd throw out? Um, yeah, I, I actually I did. I raised. I wrote down that I think you should, this is kind of general, but I think you should write more than you think you have to. Now I know 
you know, the, you're probably limited by, uh, you know, a character or word count for your product descriptions. But even if you're limited by word count, a lot of times people skimp on their product descriptions. But the more you tell, the more you sell. And that's that's the old saying anyway. And I believe that's true. People are reading not just your reviews, but they're reading everything you give them. So if there's more to say, say it, you know, um, and, and don't uh, like uh, white spaces for graphic designers, <laughs> not for not for marketers. So if you you know want to sell this thing, use everything you've got. Yep. Yep. And, and I, I think the the key there is, you know, you know, there, there is no, there are no character limits unless you're talking about an AdWords ad. Cause you know, then there is of course, or a display ad or whatever. And that's different. That's where you really have to, to test and tweak and, and spend a lot of time writing those, those headlines. But when it comes to like your product detail page, as an example, there, there are really no limits. And then one, uh, one client of ours, I think does a great job of this uh, room dividers now, so they sell room dividers, and and one of the things they've they've discovered is as they sell room dividers to people online, oftentimes it's people that have never purchased room dividers before. So they're moving to the city, they're moving to college, they're going to now have to share a space with somebody. So they need a room divider, but they don't have a clue what they're doing or how to install or anything like that. And and these pages, these product detail pages on the room dividers now site are are amazing in that they walk you through. Okay, here's how easy installation is. Here's how to decide which one you need. Here's why these are so beneficial and so useful. Mm-hmm. And, and that type of process, they're pretty long pages, but you know, no one's going to read them for fun. But if you're looking for a room divider, that's all helpful stuff and you'll be engaged and you can also kind of skip to the area that makes sense for you, you know, so it's mm-hmm. easily scannable, easily readable. So yeah, I think, I think that's probably a mistake people make as they try to, uh, well, I, I need to create this artificial word limit, you know, mm-hmm. that, that don't forget about that. Just, just write enough to sell and, and make it easy to scan and consume and, and look at. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay, good, good. So, um, what advice would you give to an e-commerce merchant who's simply wanting to be able to evaluate copy to, to re, to be able to understand, is my copy good or bad on my site? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there would be two things that I would tell them to be looking for. The first thing is emotion. Have you explored all the emotions you can in your copy or any emotion at all? Like if you're thinking, is mine any good at all? You know, look at it. Is there any emotion in there? I mean, I'm telling you, no matter what you're selling, bug spray, umbrellas, trash bags, there is always emotion involved in buying. You know, if it's trash bags, it's so I can contain the mess so that my babies don't have to, you know, deal with all the trash and I'm not breaking stuff on the way out and creating a headache for my, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, again, you have to know your market, but there's needs to be emotion in every single thing that you're doing. And if there's not emotion in there, then, you know, then you're missing a big opportunity. Like for instance, I, one of my clients sells umbrellas on Amazon and, um, and this goes back to that, that bullet example I gave you when I said, you know, give the benefit of the benefit, you know, when you hold this thing, no matter how strong the wind is, because it's that durable, it will keep the rain off you. So you can hold your beer or watch your kids game or, um, you know, win your cornhole game or, (laughs) there you go. 
Matt, now just, I want to buy it, man. I, I, right, I like right. a you game can, of cornhole. You can uh, get it all done and not miss a beat because of the weather. And, um, and that's going to improve your life, you know, so you can explore those emotions and all of that does help to sell. Um, and it, it makes a big difference. Um, and, and that, that does, that does evoke an emotion too, where you're, you're, you're picturing yourself at the ball game yeah. or with your family and, and you're probably picturing the last, you know, uh, mild nightmare you had with, with, with a, with a bad umbrella, you know, where it's right. folding right. up and coming apart and the, the wires are hanging out and it's just a mess. Right. And it's, um, and you happen to be dressed fancy that day. Yep. And if you're a woman, you put extra effort into your hair and you know, now you're chasing it across the street in heels and you're soaking wet and you look like a wet dog, right. you know, right. Um, all of that can play out in your copy and, you know, get people to click the buy button in a big way. It makes a huge difference. And if you think about it, you know, write it and then remove it and then think, am I moved? Am I moved to buy anything now that I don't have this in here? You know, put it in there and test it. It's all worth a test. And when it comes to, you know, your your simpler listings like this on Amazon or, you know, it's on Shopify, you can add, add this, this emotion into your listings. And if it's not improved, my goodness, you know, take it down. But I, I would bet, you know, dollars to donuts that it's definitely going to improve your conversion. Absolutely. The other thing I would say is ask yourself if it's crystal clear who should buy, why they should buy, how their lives will get better when they do, how easy it will be for them to change from whatever they're doing or using now to change to what you sell and use that. Um, and is it crystal clear exactly what they should do next? Remembering Homer Simpson. So, you know, when I talked about Homer Simpson, I think I was talking about it when I was talking about emotion, but that's really two, two different things. When it comes time to, for call to action and like clarity of your advertising, that's when it's time to talk about Homer. Have I, have I spelled it all out? And like, maybe forget I'm saying Homer. So you're not confused. Um, would a 10 year old who can read well, you know, fifth grade level, understand exactly who I'm talking to, why they should buy, how their lives will get better, you know, how easy it's going to be able to use this and what to do next. That all needs to be super duper clear. And if there's anything left to chance, you have to remember that your buyers, even really smart, sophisticated, educated markets are lazy, distracted people. Um, we're all used to everything happening in an instant for us. So we don't really want to do any work. Um, so, you know, if you have the opportunity to use bolding in your copy, that's always helpful. So it makes it easier for them to read. Anytime you can make things easier to read, but still say all that needs to be said, that's great. You want to make it super easy for them to follow your directions and understand all the benefits. And when things are super, super crystal clear, you're going to improve conversion. That's great. How do you feel about getting feedback on your copy? And I know this can be dangerous because I think everybody has an opinion when it comes to copy or advertising because we've all been exposed to it our whole lives. And, and, and you know, people that are well-meaning may or may not give um, good advice, but, but any, any feedback you would give to 
who to ask for feedback or when to ask for feedback? Yeah, actually, I, you know, it sounds like you're setting me up, but I don't think you know that I offer this. I actually, my business partner, Allison Lex and I offer a review service. You can find it at askacopyexpert.com. And we offer a couple of different options. There are people who want, you know, need three reviews a month because they're, um, creating that many new offers. Right. And there's some people who just want one a month and there's some people who just want one off. Like I've got this one thing I sell, review my copy, make it better or tell me, tell me how to make it better and that that's it. And it's really affordable. And, um, I highly recommend it. I mean, you would get different, like for instance, if you sent your copy to Brett and sent it to me, you would get, um, maybe we would overlap on some of the comments we would make. Um, but maybe he would see things that I don't, or I would see, you know, so you would get different opinions. That's natural because this is a soft skill, you know, and it's, uh, kind of intangible and it's, you know, it's not a, a concrete thing, yep. um, but there are hard and fast direct response, you know, emotional copy rules, um, you know, standards uh, that that a good copywriter will be able to point out. And if it's not me that you go to, I, I would recommend that you get someone um, who understands direct response copy to help you um, optimize, you know, you optimize for SEO. So if you can optimize for your copy, um, you're in a much better place. And a lot of times a copywriter can see things right away that you're like, oh, no, no, you missed this. You haven't explored this at all. Or this part right here is really hard to read. You're losing people and they're clicking away when they read that. So let's eliminate that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I did not know that you offered that service. And so that, that's fantastic to hear it. Yeah, and, and one of the one book that I, I quote a decent amount because I love it, it's called Made the Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. And have you ever read that book? I haven't. Got to check it out. It's phenomenal. It's all about good communication. And, and uh, anyway, I just love it. But one of the things they talk about is the curse of knowledge. And as business owners or someone that's just so close to your business and you know intrinsically all the values of your product, you know uh, you've explored it, you've tried it, you've, you've done everything with your product, so you just know in your heart what it does. Mm -hmm. And so this curse of knowledge, uh, they, they use an example of if you try to tap on your debt, like you, let's say, you know, a song and you try to tap out the beat of that song on a desk so that mm -hmm. someone else will guess the tune. The people tapping feel like they're being very clear because they've got the tune in their head. But the person listening most of the time has no idea what is being tapped. It's just one of those fascinating little examples where it, it feels like you should be clear, but you're not being clear. Um, and that happens in our copy too. Like we know our product, so I should be able to say one sentence and you get it. But we don't, you know, cause we don't, we, we don't have the knowledge that you have. Right. So, right. um, very good. And, and one of the things that I would also caution too is, is, uh, cause we've seen this before where really good copy ends up in the hands of someone who's not in your target market and they're mm -hmm. not good at copy and mm -hmm. they will give you well-meaning advice and they will be trying to do you a, a service, but they will not give you good advice, um, mm -hmm. because they're not in the market and they don't understand, um, ad copy. So I think always be cautious who you get feedback from. And one, one of the tip I might share, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast recently and he was talking about how, uh, he was testing for the title of the four hour work week back when he was uh, first writing that and about to publish. And he had, you know, a thousand uh, titles or whatever it was that he was trying to decide on. And so he narrowed it down to a few and started running Google AdWords ads with mm -hmm. the title as the headline. And then he just simply looked at the best click through rate. Uh, well, best click through rate narrowed it down more and then he, and then he kind of picked one. Um, so I think that's an interesting way to test as well. If you want to kind of test your headlines, 
put a little bit of money behind it and see what, uh, you know, look at something objective like a, a click-through rate test or, or something along those lines. So what, uh, what other resources, I uh, love the, the, the one you shared a minute ago, other resources you would share? So if someone wants to get better at writing copy, where would you tell them to go? What would you tell them to read or listen to or whatever? Um, I, I obviously, again, I, I know you don't know this, but I also have another resource that, that I co-created with my business partner, but I'll, I'll recommend some others as well. So, um, so I'll tell you, ours is called the ultimate sales generator copywriting system. And what would be great about it for your listeners is that it really walks you through this entire process of connecting with your target market and exploring all the emotions that'll get them to buy. Um, and then it walks you through the creation of an entire sales funnel for upsell or cross-selling your e-commerce buyers, um, which I, I hope you all are doing because that'll maximize the value of each of your buyers. And you can find that at askacopyexpert.com. Um, but I am true to my, my mentors. I love their copywriting um, resources. Dan's The Ultimate Sales Letter. I love that. Yep. Classic, classic and very good. And I still think timely. Uh, for yeah. today. And I also, you know, I think I reread this one once a year is uh, Dan's no BS, um, no BS direct response marketing for non-direct marketing businesses. So basically he teaches you direct response and how to apply it to any business in the world. And, um, and it's awesome. And it, it sounds kind of like it's, you know, 101 ish marketing 101, but you know, I think it's so, so important, um, for, for all business owners, I really believe in it. So, um, to, to sort of adopt that philosophy and that way of marketing their business, it'll also save you a lot of money <laughs> because you're only focusing on what, uh, makes the phone ring or what, you know, brings in the dollar, what gets you that click and, um, it helps you eliminate everything that's not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think there are some things we just need to be reminded of, you know, we need to go back to the basics and we need to, get that good copywriting, good selling, good marketing, uh, fundamentals back in our brain again. And, and it does, it just has an impact. I remember hearing Jay Abraham speak and he said, I, I mentioned the book, my life in advertising and scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins, really old books written like in the forties or thirties. I don't remember which. Um, but Jay Abraham said every time he read that book, he felt like it made him a million dollars. I don't know how he quantified that or how he, how he justified that. But I think it, it likely is true that if you find some really awesome resources like that, read it again, because it will open up new ideas. You'll, you'll be bringing new context and new experiences to that uh, that new read of the book. And so, uh, great. Love, love those resources. We'll, we'll link to those in the, in the show notes. So, uh, aside from the, the resources you gave the copy generator and the other tools, which we'll link to, how else can people get in touch with you, Julie? Yeah. I mean, I'm on Facebook. You can, you can look for me and find me at Julie Boswell, Julie Green Boswell on Facebook. Um, or you can email me if you'd like to get help with your copy. And I am at Julie Boswell at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, Julie, this has been a ton of fun. Um, thanks for coming on. Super valuable. Uh, really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime. Thank you so much, Brett. Yep. Awesome. And so as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback. Give us topic ideas. We'd love to know what you'd like us to explore more on this show. As always, we would love a review from you on iTunes. That helps other people discover the show. And with that, uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. 
At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.